Hello, everybody. This is Corey Chapman from The Wealth Habits. We're excited to spend some time with you today, giving you a little bit of insight from us and hopefully giving you some thoughts that might help you take your mindset and your whole life to a new level. I'm sitting here today with my co-host, Sherry James, and we're going to spend some time sharing with you about The Wealth Habits. Sherry, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Corey. You know, one of the things that is a guiding principle for this podcast is that if all you have is money, you are not winning. Wait, say that one more time. If all you have is money, you are not winning. So money doesn't cure everything? Oh, my God. No, it does not. You need way more than that. (laughs) And so there are seven key areas that we want you to concentrate on. And we're going to talk about that in our podcast. And that is making a difference. This is the the area of your life, your spirituality, your career, your business, uh, relationship, because hello, you need a honey with some of that money. (laughs) Free time and family time, personal growth, health and appearance, and then, of course, money. You know, there are two things there that I love to death. And I know when we start talking about that personal growth, that's that's something that just resonates with with me, but also relationships. So I'm looking forward to spending some time and sharing some insights. Hopefully I don't get in trouble sharing too much, but hopefully we'll Listen, I'm going to be taking notes, guys. I've known Corey and Delilah for a long time, (laughs) and and they are hashtag relationship goals. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and jump in and get started. Hey, Corey. Hey, Sherry. Man, it's going to be one of them days. I can see this already. It's already in the air. It's already in the air. So listen, listen, listen. Before we got started, you said something to me that really um, stood out to me. You were talking about a show that you watched or something. Was this on Netflix or? Right, right. Well, you know, I don't want to announce the show or whatever, but what I will say is, um, you know, Sherry, I told you before, you know, growing up as a kid, you know, there's one thing about when your parents are working and doing all the things that they do, they want you to be safe. And the, the way of being safe was my mom made us go home after school, right? And it was like, you can't go outside until I get home. And then because she was working so many hours, right, we literally didn't go outside a lot during the week, you know, while she was working. But the one thing that we did have is we had television, right? We had the ability to, you know, go home and, and download after doing our homework and everything and then finally jumping into television and really getting into the entertainment process of that, right? And the reason why I share this is because as I've gotten older, that's kind of like my little safe haven. It's, it's my mind melt. It's my ability not to worry about any kind of drama or anything along that line and just basically focus on just the show, right? It's a way to unveg and unload and not worry about anything, right? Anyway, I was watching this show, and I get really entrenched in TV shows when I watch them, right? My wife always laughs because I'm dodging and, you know, moving around when something happens. If someone's under the water, I'm all holding my breath, you know, trying to make sure it happens, right? I did not know that about you. That is <laughs> yeah, hilarious. Yeah, I am so into it, right? Hilarious. <laughs> but what was interesting was I was watching this show, and... Um, it touched my heart in one little scene because the show that I'm watching is based on a true story. And there was a scene in the show where this young African-American child had got shot by a drive-by shooting. And it depicted that, you know, immediately the police officer who came to the scene assumed that he was in some sort of gang, right? And immediately, you know, he had to be doing something bad, right? Well, this kid was a straight-A student, 
he was um you know, captain of his football team. He's like national, you know, national champion. Like he's a good guy, right? He does everything to help people. I mean, just just a great guy based off the character that he was playing, right? And it was interesting to me to see that depiction because I'm thinking to myself, this still happens, right? And when he got to the hospital, immediately the doctors and the nurses automatically said, oh, he's one of those gangbangers, right? Because assuming that's why he was shot, not realizing that he was in the wrong place at the wrong time and something happened that would, shouldn't have happened. But they automatically assumed that. And because they assumed that about him, they were giving him less care. Oh, why bring out the old negative you know, blood uh, to help him when that's expensive? We should save that kind of conversation, right? And I was thinking to myself the whole time I was watching this is that, this happens, right? This really happens. And had it not been for the African-American nurse that came in and demanded that they take charge and do what needed to be done, that child could have died, you know? And it just dawned on me that this is still life, right? This is still what we deal with every day. And I was just touched by it because in the sense that I thought about it, it's like, even though this was a movie or a TV show I was watching, this still happens. Right. And, you know, it was just wrong. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And it hurt yeah. my heart looking at this and realizing that this is a, this is true to nature today. You right. know? And, right. uh, yeah, that's so I thought let's talk about that because yeah. I think yeah. it's a big issue right now. Well, and you know this. You know that my mom two weeks ago went into the hospital. It was a big Scare. We didn't know what was happening. Right. She called me in the middle of the night. I, I just got home from a retreat, and she's telling me that she thinks she's having a stroke. And I'm like, okay, I'm two, three thousand miles away. Right. What can you do? And, right. Exactly. Right. And you know, when I after we came through that weekend, <laughs> what I realized was that the thing that I feared the most was not whether or not she would make it. Because my mom is a healer. A lot of what I practice spiritually are things that I learned watching her growing up. Um, I sense of myself as something that I get from her, just of, of who I am. Right. But the thing that I worried the most was who would be there to serve her when she yes. got to the hospital. Yes. And the prayer that I prayed when everything went down and on the phone with her was that, please, God, wake up the right doctor. Right. Please wake up the right doctor. Do not get the one who would come in and see her as less than valuable, see this black woman or black grand, great-grandmother and right. decide that, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to bring out the expensive the blood. Best. The best, I'm right. A, I'm a, you the know, best. Right. Right. I, and, and, I, and that's a very real thing. You know, it the, is. The, the, we, we hear about the high mortality of African-American women in terms of childbirth and other health care things. And, you know, you hear things like Serena Williams. Um, she had the blood clots and she, right. after her daughter was yeah. born yeah. And, and that she didn't feel like something was right. So she advocated for herself, right. but all of the doctors and she was saying, come on, wrong. this is Serena. Right. This ain't, this ain't Peggy right, Porter right, who's right, in right. Houston. That, <laughs> okay. Right, this is right. Serena. And the doctors around her are like, oh no, 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 no. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. And it was her own self advocacy. <clears throat> that bugs me. That, I, uh, yeah, no, I, I get it. You know, like, look, so, so, like when I think of that, right, is it, is it the haves and have-nots that get 
the value or get the the more and more not. You know, I think you know I share with you earlier. You know, I think this is systemic across the board in every profession, right? Uh, you know, I told you, you know, you know, I I went through some stuff and then we had a deal and hire a legal person involved, you know, some some years back. And I remember in that courtroom when I was going out there and I was talking about defending my case, right? And, and just so y'all know, this was not a criminal case. It was some civil stuff, okay? <laughs> so let me throw that out there right now. I, I wasn't going to jail or something like that. Someone, I was trying to make my money back, okay? But there anyway, let me just throw this out there. But the guy who had did me wrong, right? He had more money than me, right? right? And he had four attorneys on his side, and I had me, you know? And at the time, the attorney I had, uh, you know, he dropped the ball, you right. know? He didn't show up, you know? Right. You paid for what you could get, right? And and this cat didn't show up. And I remember going to the court going, hey, don't discontinue my thing. Allow me to find an attorney, right? And the judge was like, sit down. You have an attorney. The reason he's not here, that's not my problem. And I sat there and thought to myself, Oh my God, like, aren't you the judge? Like, shouldn't you be fair and impartial? Shouldn't you help a brother out? You know, you let these four attorneys kick my behind and you think that's right? You know, and I thought to myself that too, there's gotta be a better way than yeah. this, right? Yeah. How does the equality of an individual not be trumped by what's right, Yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. from the medical system and the health services that we have out there, how are we not giving everybody the same type right. of service right. just because they're humans? Right. The dignity. Right. I think you said that before, that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a quote. I got exposed to it when I spoke a, a couple of weeks ago at, the, uh, at a King breakfast. And this quote says, of all the forms of inequality, injustice in health care is the most shocking and inhumane. And... I get if you're not the best doctor, right? right. So you 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 deliver care at the level that you can. you can. Right. But I don't get not giving when you can. Right. Like I don't get like the story you told. I don't get someone choosing, no, don't bring the blood he needs. Right, right, right. We don't want to waste that. You know, we want to wait and get it to the person who needs it first. Right, <laughs> right. But he's dying. He's sitting, He's on the, on the deathbed right now. How do we make this right? Yes. yes. And I guess the question is, like, what do you do about that? Because there, I feel like there are, there are places in our world where it's just not fair. Yeah. It's yeah. just in schools, in um, health care, in the law and the legal system. Oh, like. Let's not even talk about that. Okay. Right. Like, how do you just not just, like, throw up your hands? Like, where is the hope? Maybe that's the thing I need to get to. Like, where, <laughs> where is the hope for something better? Well, like, what do you do when there's nobody to advocate for you? You know, I think the scariest thing that I think of is, you know, um, and again, I was talking about television shows, right? So, and I don't know the whole story behind it, but I did want to research. I know there's a new show coming out called, um, I think it's Life. No, is that it? You know I'm not going to Okay. Do it. Okay. So, anyway, uh, I, I believe I, I it's, don't uh, watch TV, it's, it's so. this 50 Cent's new TV show that's coming out. Oh, and, okay. And right. he's he produced it, but it's about a man that was wrongly accused and spent his life in jail. Oh, yes. And, but he became a lawyer while he was in jail yes. and advocated for other um, convicts and so forth yes. that were in jail. Yes. And I thought that was deep, but what I thought more unfortunately, I mean, more unfortunately was... This man is innocent. Yes. You know, yes, and uh, yes, so yes. my biggest fear 
is being in the wrong place at the wrong time mm. and being accused or suspected of something that ever could happen. And now all of a sudden you're sitting in jail, life imprisonment yes. Yes. for something you didn't do because our court system doesn't allow us to find the truth in some form of fashion. Yes. And depending on what type of economic value you have behind you, that will determine the level of attorney you can buy or afford yes. that would then a turn Yes. will give you the ability of the, the legal strategies that can be used for your defense. Yes. Wait a minute. Yeah. So you mean if I'm poor or middle class and I can't afford to take a mortgage out of my home because I don't have the mortgage left in there or I don't better yet don't even own a home to do a mortgage, what happens to the person that can't? Right. Dude, right. that is just wrong. Right, 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 right. So there is, I hope I can find this. I don't think this is the one I wrote. Um, I am reading, you know, <laughs> all the time, <laughs> all the right? time. So right now I am reading Victor Frankl's man's search for meaning. And it's so a, let me back up. So, I, cause what I want to get to, like, this is the wealth habits podcast. And I want to give people habits that can help them <coughs> to, I want to give people habits that can help them in a situation where things feel like it's unfair. And one of the things that Viktor Frankl talked about in the book, this is just in the introduction, and I'm not going to get it right because I'm listening to the audio, so the quote is not going to be exact. But he said that he wrote Man's Search for Meaning, because he became a doctor after all of this. He was a psychiatrist or a psychologist. And he said, I wanted to, I, I wrote this because I wanted to let people know that even in the worst conditions, you can have hope. That even in the worst conditions, that you can find meaning in life. And he explained the, his decision to do it. And what's interesting is that he actually didn't even want to put his name on the book. He had published, the first printing of the book was actually published uh, anonymously. And then it was at the urging of his friends that he ended up adding his name to the book. And then it you know, became this thing. But, it, but his thing was that I wanted to give people encouragement that when they were in a hopeless situation. And I feel like some of the things that we have discussed, like you know, being here in you know, California <clears throat> and my mom is in Texas, it feels helpless to know that she's going into, into the hospital. I know she knows how to meditate. I know she knows affirmations, but I don't know what that doctor knows. Right. And I don't know what that doctor is going to do. And more importantly, how much does he care? And how much okay. does he care? I, and that was my prayer. Please wake up the right person. This was the middle of the night. So somebody is, is on call and going to respond to the call and come in. And if, it, and if it's not the one, if the one that's supposed to respond to the call is not the right one, let him stay asleep or let right. her stay asleep. Right. Send the one that's going to give my mom the best care. Okay, let him miss the bus. Let him miss the <laughs> Let the alarm keep ringing. Get the, right. right. Let, let we the, want the other guy. Right. I want the right person. Right. Because we, I think we do live in a world where yeah. you can't count on the person that's serving you to, have, to always have your best interest at heart. Yeah, you know... It's so funny you say that because I think that kind of falls into pretty much everything. You mm -hmm. know, I was sharing with you uh, the other day about even our education system and and who your teachers are, right? And 
And you know, it's so funny that sometimes we need to step back and say, we're humans first. It doesn't matter about our skin color, our background, our ethnicity, our, our, our financial status. We're humans first, right? right? Mm -hmm. And I think we need to realize that the way the life is supposed to be is mm -hmm. I look out for my fellow man mm -hmm. or woman, right? And that should be the priority of the process. Not, not always trying to think about how to put yourself first, but learn how to serve others because in serving others, you're doing the right thing. Right? So, so this is in line with a quote that's also from Mansur Tremini. She got a lot of quotes, y'all. Listen, I, she I don't watch TV. Quote. Look, she got a lot of time on her hands. Okay, I don't know how she do it being a single mom and all because I'm like Sherry. When do you sleep? Because every time you walk in here, you tell me about some professor, right. <laughs> some quote, somebody who wrote. So I'm like, dang. Right. I thought, and I, look, guys, I read at least. He does. He does. At uh, least does. thirty books. Uh, okay. Wait, wait, let me, let me share. I'm gonna share this secret. A year. So. <laughs> when I first started working at EMC, I walked in, I saw all of Corey's books, and I'm a book person. And I saw all of his books. So one day when he was at us, I went in with a camera and I took a picture of all the books. Because <laughs> <laughs> so I don't share. She'll tell you. I don't yeah, share Corey, my books. Did, Corey will not share books, which I think is just janky. <laughs> so, 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 I, but the thing that they, I feel like you're speaking to, he says, when we are no longer able to change a situation, we're challenged to change ourselves. And I think that's the wealth habit for today. That we live in this world where you could be a black man going to a hospital and someone seeing you in the hospital makes a decision that your life is not as valuable as the life in the next room. Right. And, or you could go into the court system. And, you know, I, 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 we were talking about when they see us earlier and, yeah. and how much it broke my heart to watch those families not be able to protect their children. Central Park Five guys. Yes, about. Yeah, yes. The big. exonerated five. Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, they got yes. exonerated five. That, That's good. That when we are no longer able to change a situation, we're challenged to change ourselves. And I think that that's probably one of the things that we're being called to do as people of color in a society that really doesn't value contributions, doesn't, you know, the idea that, that you would build a country on, on my back, but then I can't share in the wealth. That's crazy. Come on. Let's don't, <laughs> don't get started. <laughs> okay. Here we go. All right, here we, we go. We're about to fight the power <laughs> up in here. But, and, but I think that, that the, the wealth habit is really to change yourself. Yes, yes. That you have to show up differently, that you have to be that advocate for yourself. Um, just like Serena had to, you know, when they were telling her, no, 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 you're fine. She had to listen to her intuition and advocate. And I think that the maybe the you know place where we can start to make a difference is not just advocating for ourselves, but advocating for that person who doesn't know how to advocate for themselves. You know, I, I think that's definitely a great statement. And I think, you know, more than anything is how do we as human beings decide that it's okay to get involved, right? Right. So let's let's talk a little bit about that because I, I noticed that because like, you can get uh, yeah. there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, there's a like, lot of things you, happening on, right? You, but right. what do you put your attention to? What do you focus on? What do you go out to do so you can make a difference, right? And I think that's a big part of where we're at. So getting involved has got to be a starting point for somebody. And I think, and I don't care if it's anything, anything you're passionate about, right? But just like even having this conversation about inequality, right? If, if that is your passion and that's the thing that you strive for to make a difference in, 
find a way to make a difference, right? Don't be part of the problem, be part of the solution, right? right, right? right. And if that's where we stand, how do we stand in, in a unity to make sure we get that result that we're looking for? I think you're yeah. right. I think that, that there is so much that you could do that sometimes you can become overwhelmed by what to do. And I think that the question that you have to answer is what breaks your heart. Yeah, and for that's sure. For where sure. and for that's sure. where you need to show up. Well, you know what? Because every there are things that I find that are tragic that don't necessarily break my heart. Right, right. But there are things that when I see it, it just makes me sad. Yeah. Whether it's you know uh, a mom not being able to provide for their child, uh, for me it's schools. You know, and how our babies get treated in schools. Even, you know, that's my thing. <laughs> I'm having a moment with this school that my child is at. That, and, and you want to mention the name of that school? No, no, no I'm not going to mention the name. Or that. We're boycotting. <laughs> We're picketing. Come on. Come on. I'm just saying that we cannot just take diversity for inclusion or diversity for belonging, that you can have diversity and still have people that feel like they are on the outside of that and not a part. Yeah. So I think that you have to look for what breaks your heart. Yeah. What's the thing that you can't let go? And I think to, to add to that statement, you know, definitely finding the thing that breaks your heart so you have a mission of what that's going to be, but take action. Yeah. Like, to me, that's do everything. Do something. Do something, right? Do you got to get up and do something. Right. So I think the problem is, is that, you know, there's so many people out there that are enraged, right, but do nothing, right? right? They right. sit around talking about how this is unfair and how this is, but they don't do anything to change the outcome. They don't do anything to get involved to make things better. So at the end of the day, uh, you know, someone always tell me, if you're not part of the problem, you're part of, excuse me, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Right, and if that's the case, how do I become part of the solution? What do I do? Well, I have to do something. And I don't care if you are starting out and writing your own book for the first time or going out and starting a new job. Take action to do something. Okay, don't make fun of me. There's another quote. Here we go. Well, <laughs> let me throw my quote. Be the change you wish to see in the that, world. That is not what I was going to say. <laughs> this, this, this well, go one, ahead. Go ahead. Is, but it is from Mahatma Gandhi. I'm about to take her <laughs> laptop away from her. <laughs> Because I just realized she's trying to sound all super educated over there. She's no. just, she just looking up quotes I, online, okay? Yeah, no. Go ahead. No, because I want to quote it exactly. I don't want to butcher the quote. Right. But it says, the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in service to others. And I think mm. that this goes back to what Tony Robbins talks about with those um, those six areas. Uh, you know, that you with the, the six human needs, you need, um, what do you say, you need... I don't know. So you should know, shouldn't open that door up unless you I do know, the answer. I know, okay? I know, I know, I know. That, that I'm going to look up. Uh, the six human needs. But, but he talked about the highest need being the need for contribution. Right. And that we have to reach for that. We, that if we live our lives not making a contribution, I, I, I think that that's why people get into other other wrong behaviors or behaviors that don't serve their highest good. Right. I don't want to say wrong. They're bad It's not a judgment. But bad habits, habits that pull you down versus lift you up. I think that there is something to making it. It's why we have this podcast. Right, right, That right. we want to we tell people that if all you have is money, you're not winning. That's right. We want to help you to think about what are the wealth habits. And one of those wealth habits is making a difference. One of those wealth habits is 
making yourself available, using what you have to serve somebody else. Correct, correct. You know, that kind of dives right into what Wealth Habits is all about, right? So our whole premise around doing Wealth Habits is about giving our insight and our knowledge and the things that we go through in every day a voice so that someone listening on the other side of this audio says, I didn't think about it that way. Right. Oh, I didn't know that can happen. Oh, Look at who's on there. I didn't know those type of people can actually speak articulate. Don't get me there. All right. Wait. Oh, let me just say this, right? I just want to tell me, you speak really well. Well, how exactly? Well, how is that supposed to be? How should I be speaking? Right. I was like, oh, well, thank you. Right. Right. What does that mean? Right. Like you put a subject and a verb together and they agree. Conjunction junk. Right. What's your function? function. You know, I watch Saturday cartoons. <laughs> That's what kids don't have today. Yes. We need to give back uh, Saturday. Yes. Wait, the cartoons. I, think, I think the fact that you can see cartoons any place, anytime, anywhere, I think that's a problem. Yes, yes. It's no longer a treat. It's just everywhere. Dude, we need to bring back Schoolhouse Rock. Do you know how much stuff I remember to this day from Schoolhouse Rock? Yes. I'm just a bill. I am only a bill. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. You, you know what I'm saying? I, I remember that stuff. You know? I cannot oh believe you just sang that song. Dude, I know these. I remember to this day. And that's so stuck with me. Right. When I was in my government class, I said, oh, this is the path that it takes. Right. <laughs> it was on the cartoon. <laughs> so I'm just saying. Right. All right. right anyway, right. back to what you were saying. I anyway, digress. So so the, the thing that Tony talks about, he talks about the need for certainty, the need yes. for uncertainty, yes. the need for significance, and the need for connection. And most people are, are basically solving or living their lives solving those four human needs, right. but that the two higher human needs are the need for growth. Right. That if you do not have a, if you don't have a place in your life where you are growing, then it's how you get into other addictions and other things because that spirit that's inside of you is looking for a way to express and it's going to express any kind of way. And then the highest then, of course, is contribution. It is what do you do for someone else? And that, and maybe that's the, the wealth habit to take away. You know, we talked about having hope, changing yourself, and looking for, we talked about, you know, uh, having hope and changing yourself and what breaks your heart. But maybe what we're really saying today is, is to live a life of contribution to live a life of service and that that's the habit that you need in an unfair world. You know, I'm a firm believer. I, you know, I listen to Jim Rohn quite a bit, and I love when he talks about when you help enough people get what they want out of life, you get what you want out of life. Absolutely. And I am a firm believer of that. I Absolutely. think by doing more for others, it just automatically happens. I don't yes. know about you, and I know we may be going on a whole different level with faith and everything, but I mm. truly believe that. You know, yes. I believe that who you are is demonstrated by the things you do, right? Yes. And yes, I think yes, yes, you yes. have, and I'm always about action, right? We can talk all day, but am I doing something? Yes. Are we moving to the direction that we need to do yes. for better, right? Yes, yes, you yes. know my tag, be better, be better. right? Yes. Be better, yes. right? Yes, yes. And you know, when I think of that, and, and you gave me an epiphany when I was putting together my, my taglines, right? And it was be better. And it was all about be more, give more, mm -hmm. have more, yes. right? 
And, you know, and I had the, the and last giving, two. And giving precedes having. Exactly. And, and you know, it's so funny when we were talking about that, you know, I had it be more, have more, give more. Because in my thinking, when you have more, you give. But you use the analogy of by giving more, you're giving of yourself and freeing up space yes. to have more. Yes. I was like, dang, Sherry, that was deep. <laughs> All right. You got me on that one. So I changed my whole right, concept. Right, All right, right, right. But, but, but it's true, though. It is. That, that People think that you have to have in order to give. Yeah. And they don't realize that they don't have because they won't give. There you go. That, that every place in your life, in order for you to have, you have to give first. For your career, you had to invest first. Look, I... Uh, for I your had... relationship. <laughs> if you stop giving to that woman in the other room... Yeah, yeah. Guess what's over. about... Right. Yeah, yeah. right. So. But I'll tell you, you know, it's so funny. I read something the other day, and I'm reading a new book, and I think it's called God and Money. Right? Okay. Right, that's a good one. Right, I so, don't know this one. Who's but, the author? See, don't ask me the author, but I'll pull the book out. Okay. I got it running somewhere. Okay. But um, what was interesting in reading that, it talked about tithing, right? Mm -hmm. And I didn't know this, but there's the, the, the true testament says it's actually 23% should be tithed. Mm. And it had three levels of tithing, yes, right? Yes, and yes. I was sitting there going, oh, this is different, you know? <laughs> I'm like, 10 ain't enough. Right, you know? right. But when I was listening and reading through it, it made sense because one of the tithes was about joy and happiness and, yes. and celebrating. Yes. And that they use that money to celebrate, yes. right, and bring life into others. And I was like, oh, this is good stuff. Yes, you know, yes. but it was all about money and how money shows up in the Bible more times than any other word in the Bible. I didn't know that. Okay. I, don't think I knew that. All right, right. And uh, so they had broke it down based off of the passages and the, the number count and so forth. And it was just interesting because the book is about money, right? Yes, yes, and it yes. talked about how the Bible has a lot to do with money and there in his direct relationships on what you should be doing to have money and have wealth. Yes. And I was like, okay, I'm getting, all right, yes. this is a good one. <laughs> yes. So I'm just reading through it and getting some good stuff out of yes. it. But yes. yeah, it was impressive. From that okay, standpoint. I'm going to look that up, God and money. Yep. Okay, all right, all right. Listen, I I am a perpetual student. <laughs> my, my, you know, I, I have, um, I come from an academic family. Mm -hmm. We love school. Sure. We appreciate degrees. Yep. Degrees are important. Yep, yep. And I realized that I spent I don't come from an academic family. <laughs> we believe in entrepreneurship. <laughs> we don't necessarily care if they have a degree or not, but you know, a degree or not. But you know, hey, whatever floats y'all. Right, right, there. right. This is Rich Dad Poor Dad all yeah, over right, here. Right, right here, right, 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 right here. Right. But you see where people I with the PhDs work for me right now. I'm just letting y'all know. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, anyway, back to what you're saying. But what I realized is that I've always led with intellect. I've always led right. with intelligence right. and smarts and all of that and i and i i got to the place i realized i didn't have a growth mindset right because it was so important to in theory <laughs> okay it was all theory <laughs> i need some practicality i need some practicality right but <laughs> okay but it was getting to the place where i stopped being smart and i became a learner right and that day and every day since then has really changed the game. So that's why I went and took pictures of the bookshelf and because it's it's that I'm in this mode of consumption. Right. Knowledge. And consumption for the purpose of doing something with it. Not just knowledge for the sake of having knowledge. I don't want to just know it. I need fruit on the branches. 
I don't need to be the, the apple tree without apples. So let, let me let me just throw this out there. You're going to love this one. And, I, and I'm hoping I'm quoting it right. So uh, Jay Shetty was interviewing um, someone on his podcast. I can't remember who it was. My wife pointed this out to me. But anyway, there was something that was not working in their in their process of doing their podcast or their audio. And so they had to call a specialist to come do it, right, and fix it. And uh, and it was funny because we were talking about, I always talk about Jack Welch and his, and his comment about why do some people get paid $10 an hour and another get paid $10,000 an hour, right? And anyway, in this conversation, if I remember correctly, the guy came in and fixed it in less than five, 10 minutes. He knew his skill set, right? And he goes, I will send you my bill, right? And the bill was $10,000. And they said, but you were only here for a matter of time. And he said, the $9,000, because I knew, I knew the product. I knew what it was, how it worked, and what would work with it. The 1000 was because I came out here. And I was like, I know that was right. He's like, pay me my money, because right. I knew what needed to be fixed, right? right? right. And, I'm, and I'm good at what I do, right. so pay me my money. There you go. I love that. Yeah, that yes, was you. Yes, like yes. you said, it's not about knowledge. Excuse me, right. it is about knowledge, but it's how you apply that you knowledge, do with right? right? And if you can apply that knowledge to things that are going to help you grow and mm-hmm become more fulfilled, right? Mm-hmm. Then people will seek you out because right. you have that knowledge. Right, right, right. Come on. And I want to be that person. Come on. Come seek me out. There you go. Pay me the big dollars. There we are. And let me help you. Let's make some money. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool, cool. So, you know, this has been a pretty cool conversation. I know, and yes, I hope yes. everybody appreciates some of the dialogue and hope you learn something about these wealth habits. Yes. And remember, it's all about giving, all about doing more, all about being involved, right? That's what we're looking for as part of this process. Yes. So I'm going to sum it up because, you know, I got my it's school. Right, okay. Right, right. So, uh, so what we said was mm-hmm. <laughs> that even in a dark situation, you can have hope. Yes. That that, that was the, the, when we think about the things that are unfair and, and the unfair things that can happen to you because of race, color, class, creed, whatever, gender, that that's not a, that you have to still have hope. That's the wealth habit. That, um, that, that when you can't change the situation, you're challenged to change yourself. Yes. And finally, to look for what breaks your heart. That, that when, you know, there are tons of things to do, but what's the thing that breaks your heart? Because a lot of things may make you mad, but everything doesn't break your heart. And that do something about the thing that breaks your heart. And then finally, give. give. That to lose yourself in service, to build your life as a life of contribution where you are giving to other people uh, and, and, and making their lives better. I think you just summed it up, girl. That was pretty good, all right? I, you know, and the books that we mentioned, yes. God and Money. God and Money. Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. Yep. Anything else? That was it. Okay. That's what we're telling you you need to read. And we want to leave you with some some reading material. God and Money and Victor Frankel's Man Search for Meaning. There you go. Well, Sherry, as always, this was a good, good, good conversation. Thank I tell you. you, man, when we have conversations, I'm like, just turn on the camera. Right. Okay. Right. Because right. they get deep sometimes, right? Yes, yes, yes. All right, you guys, be well and blessed. And we look forward to seeing you on the next Wealth Habits. <laughs>